podcast of two guys in their 20s giving their respect on the games that we love, the headlines on pop culture, and the meaning behind it all. I'm host Wednesday Burns, along my counterpart, Savon Morris. Welcome back. <laughs> What's up, man? I am sad again. I'm over for two I know. when it comes to my teams, man. I always have to say welcome back like, like whenever his team loses, because <laughs> I know he's not going to be in a good mood. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, definitely. Well, we have a lot of topics to get into uh, tonight, as always. Um, some NFL ones, college football, um, it, obviously NBA, but right, right, the day right before the, the season opens, some album reviews in the second half, we're going to do a review of paid in full. Um, to start off with just thoughts yep. on Philly um, improving to 6-0 after their win versus Dallas. Um, <clears throat> they won 26-17, and Jalen Hurts threw for um, 155 yards and two touchdowns. C.J. Gardner-Johnson had, had two of Philadelphia's three interceptions of, of Cooper Rush. And, you know, Philly, they put they really put the game away with an efficient drive that took up, you know, more than, more than half the fourth quarter. But what are your thoughts on Philly's, Philly's win? You know, they showed they can win in different ways. Didn't have as good of a second half as the first half, but still were able to yeah. – to, to get the win and start off the season extremely strong, 6-0, and, and really separate themselves from the back of the NFC. I kind of talked about it last week when you told me, <clears throat> you asked me who's the favorite out of NFC East. Yeah. I said it was still, you know, New York Giants for, for me because they had a stronger schedule and they looked good. And then you, obviously you was, you know, appalled by me not saying the, the Eagles, but I knew it wasn't right. Dallas. <laughs> yeah. I said on the set, I knew it wasn't Dallas because Dallas, I said something about their offense. They're not looking good. They're not consistent. Cooper Rush is not the type of quarterback to give you big numbers and consistent wins. And it showed when they played a good Philadelphia Eagles team. He didn't even have 200 yards. He was 18 for 38. The running game was not existing, like I said last week. Tony Paul had 44 yards. Zeke Elliott had 81 yards. But Philadelphia is continuing to look really poor, especially Jalen Hurts. I love the interviews that he has so far. Like, nobody talked about us. We were, what, what he said, like, two and five or something like last year. Now they're yeah. six and no. Now everybody wants to talk about us. Now yeah. we, want, we can be in headlines. But I love what their defense is doing. They made good moves by getting Chauncey Gardner from the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. He has been a, he, two interceptions. He looked good. And he's a Florida guy. So I got to highlight That's that. True. But Jalen Hurts, he doesn't have to have the big numbers. He's strategic and he's smart. He's a game manager who happens to be super fast on his feet. So that's that's a, that's a plus. But I love what the Eagles are doing, especially at that defense. The defense is looking good. They got some old guys like Fletcher Cox still leading the, the front seven. And then you got some young guys, Chauncey Gardner, who's, you know, taking up two interceptions, diving, jumping up in the air for him. He's doing it all. But, yeah, Eagles look good. Eagles look good. I still think Giants are the the best though in I the mean, NFC. Yes, five and one, five and one as well. So I mean, you, you can't you can't, can't overlook that either. But Mm-mm. with with Dallas though, like there have been the the circulating talks of like, okay, co- put Cooper Rush in uh, over over Dak. Like I feel as though when you in a game like that, in a primetime game like that, it gets an undefeated undefeated Eagles team. Like, do you think it's one of those one of those reality checks where? Even for the people that thought there might be a quarterback change, it shows, hey, you're still going to need a quarterback a quarterback like Dak Prescott to actually get them over the hump when they compete against these like top-tier teams like, like Philly. 
See, that's tough because I think we would not even mention Dak if the running game was working. And I'll always mention this. I always reiterate this. If the run game is working, it makes it easy for the quarterback. It makes it easier for the wide receivers. It makes it difficult for the secondary. But the running game is not working with Ezekiel and Tony Pollard. So everything is on Cooper Rush. He's not that type of quarterback. He's a game manager, and he'll give you some good, consistent drives throughout the game, but you have to capitalize and make some big plays. Yeah. Excuse me. If the running game is not working, that's for any quarterback who's having a bad game, the whole offense is going to have a bad game. So it, it depends on the running game to me. If the running game is working, I think Cooper Rush would still be, you know, talked about in a light that maybe they don't need that, Brescott. But with this game, it's it, – it's, it's up in the air. It's, you know, it's, it's situational. Yeah, situational, definitely. Um, and, and now getting into the Bills' road win versus Kansas City and, and just, like, the importance of it. Um, Buffalo won 24-20, to and Josh Allen threw for 329 yards and three touchdowns, and including the go-ahead toss to, uh, to Dawson Knox with 104 mm. left. Um, Stephon Diggs had 10 catches for 148 yards and a touchdown, and Gabe Davis also had, had, a, had a touchdown catch. I mean, it was all the, all the players that they needed to step up were able to step up uh, when yeah. it mattered most, like, so you like what are your thoughts on this win for Buffalo and just also the the importance of it because this is one of the teams they know they're gonna have to face in the play, playoffs and Kansas mm-hmm. City have success against them and I feel as though this was obviously like it's it's the regular season but it was kind of like a morale booster for them especially on the road. I think when you look at the schedule, if I'm if I'm Jonathan Allen and uh, Josh, excuse me, not Jonathan, Josh Allen, mm-hmm. and I'm I know he's circling oh, yeah, when they play Kansas that. City. Yeah. I have to be perfect. I have to be perfect, and that's what he was. He was perfect 27 out of 40, 329 yards, three interceptions. We all know Patrick Holmes is going to get his yards. He's going to get his you know, get his touchdowns and yeah. get, mix it around to Juju and Travis Kelsey. But what I was looking at mostly, and I think I said this, I thought Kansas City Chiefs is the better team, and I do still think so, um, especially with the, the wide receiver core. Um, I think the Bills – play good and it was all about who had the ball in their hands at the last at the last second and I think it's when you play two good teams it's it's always like that the defense I think both defense without the the yardage and all this I think it looked good I think both defense played good because this could have been easily a 40 40 point game oh yeah 40 you know 40 50 point games and put it on the board yeah (laughs) me too so that for for the fact that these guys the defense stepped up in big moments and it mattered Who's going to have the ball last? Because I think if Kansas City Chiefs would have had the ball last, I think they would have won. But, you know, it's only speculation. But Bills, yeah, that's how you go ahead against a, a team that you're going to see again and you're going to see for a long time. And, but and I think, yeah. Yeah, and, and you mentioned you still think Kansas City is the better team. Like, like, do you feel yeah. is, is that is that based on, you know, the 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 fact that this team has been to so many Super Bowls is it, or, or is it just like comparing the team to team? <clears throat> you feel as though with the receiving core, possibly that, or or even Mahomes, the Mahomes factor and the repertoire he has with with Kelsey, that they that they'll still be the better team when it when it matters most in January. You know, I think Patrick Mahomes has that Tom Brady effect. You don't bet against Tom Brady. And and I think it's similar to to Patrick Mahomes because with this wide receiver core that we saw in the preseason, we thought. I, I thought they were. <laughs> there's no way he can win with this team. Yeah. But when you when you're a good quarterback and you make plays instead of plays with your feet and you're very smart and you can do things that other quarterbacks can't, then it makes it easier for the wide receivers core. Yeah. And when you have Travis Kelsey, I mean, top 
rated uh, tight end in the league. It helps. But I think defensive-wise, I like um, the Kansas City Chiefs over the Bills because Michael, Micah Hyde has been hurt, and that's their leader on the Buffalo Bills secondary. They um, It's a couple other guys that's banged up. So just for personnel-wise, I think Kansas City Chiefs sat in a in a better light than the, the Buffalo Bills. But they said they don't care about, you know, somebody from a full full scope podcast talking about who's better or not better. We gotta beat them. But no, I I still think Kansas City Chiefs is the better team because if you swap quarterbacks mm. and you put Josh Allen on the Kansas City Chiefs with that wide receiver core, yeah, he has Travis Kelsey, okay. But you, his wide receiver core is way stronger yes. than Patrick Mahomes in my eyes. So definitely there you go. Yeah. Um, and, and now getting to, to the Giants' home win versus the Ravens, um, New York won, won 24-20, and they, as we mentioned earlier, they keep finding different ways to win as their defense forced mm-hmm. two turnovers late in the fourth quarter. Um, Daniel Jones also threw touchdown passes to, to, to two rookies, but what are your thoughts on the continued success the Giants are having under Brian, uh, Brian Dable <sighs> and also the fact that like this is the same roster under Joe Judge last year, but they're having success with what Brian Dable is doing. Like, like Do you attribute that? First of all, like, what are your thoughts on the win, and do you attribute that to more of the coaching, or, or possibly what they're doing differently in terms of finding different ways to win? I think it's it's the coaching, to be honest with you. And Saquon Barkley is completely healthy, mm-hmm. so they can use the game plan to to implement him in, in different angles of the of the game plan going into the um, going into the game against different um, teams. But I think when you when you think of the defensive coordinator has changed, offensive coordinator has changed, so the play call is going to be a bit different. They're going to dumb it down and kind of adhere it to Daniel Jones. I don't think they did that last season. And a defense is better. You go back and get Jabril Peppers, and he he's, he was so pivotal for them. Um, pivotal for when, when he first got – when he came over from the Browns, and then you yeah. get uh, another top – uh, uh, DB, I forgot his name. His name escapes me. But he went to the Jets or another team. And he came back. So I think they're getting the right pieces back that made them decent enough. And then the play calling is changing and the defense is strengthening. So they look real well. They kept, um, they kept, uh, oh, uh, wow. Lamar Our Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> see, see, look at there. The break is going. I'm getting older, Wellington. <clears throat> Like they they kept Lamar Jackson in a tight tight window. Yeah. Normally he gets over at least seventy seven yards, but they contained him pretty well. And the defense look good. And Daniel Jones they make many mistakes. I think that's what make the makes the difference. When Daniel Jones plays a decent game, I think the the chances goes up. And then obviously you can implement Saquon Barkley in there because their their wide receiver core is still banged up. They got a lot of young guys in there, as you said, uh, going into this um, to this section. So, yeah, yeah. Giants look good. Giants got the state. They're the strongest in the NFC East. Especially the schedule is stronger. Oh, yeah. Schedule favors them so well. It it really, really is a a nice schedule for them. And and, and before we move on to college football, like with some of the upset losses that that were had, especially Tampa Bay against Pittsburgh, um, one one I I don't think a lot of people envision Baltimore losing and then then Green Bay, like with with. Three different three and three teams that we didn't expect to have this record of the season. Like, like which one are you most concerned about going forward? The Packers, mm. and I know it sounds biased, and I'm only just the Packers. Yeah, our, without a top wide receiver is going to be extremely tough. And then this 
you know, mixing the the offensive lineup is not a steady offensive line for Aaron Rodgers. Bakhtiari still getting acclimated. They're yeah. still moving Ellington Jenkins around. So without consistency for that wide receiver core in the offensive line, it's going to be a long, long season. And we can't keep putting um, our defense in situations where they have to be perfect and our defense can't be perfect, especially our secondary. So, and then, you know, Buccaneers, they're not the same team in my eyes. Not to, I mean, obviously Gronk has retired. That's a big, big, big pivotal part. Yeah, you go get um, Rudolph, but he's not the same Rudolph that was with the Vikings. You know, a, you know, ages ago, the running game is looks different. The offensive line is still decent enough, but you know, the front seven is is, is strong. But it's areas that they seep through, and they're making a lot of mistakes. And I think Tom Brady is not really focused. Maybe That's clear. we should have hit a red flag about when he went the three weeks hiatus. Yeah, I but, feel as though, like looking at it now, we kind of downplayed that more than we should have because we kind of, oh, like it's, it'll be fine. Like, like yeah, you know, they're, they're going to be good. But it's it's starting to seep in the off field distractions. I mean, they won like the first two games, I think, and then I was like, okay, maybe they okay, just relax. He's still zeroed in, but I think. It's a, yeah, it's a lot of mental errors for that team. Missing the still, flight, missing the flight, not going on the flight with your team. It, there's just different things that I don't know, man. Like, it's just, and I know, I know he's the best ever, but with this team, it, the chemistry is not the same. And I think different, yeah, no. different, even though when he was going off in the offensive line, usually they respond. Usually the offensive line responds when he does something like that, but they didn't even improve at all. It just was the same same results. It was a meme brought around saying. <laughs> I'm losing my family over this. <laughs> I was so, bro, I was literally laughing my butt off because he was screaming at the offensive line. Yeah. And it was like, I'm losing my family over this. Like, I came Yo. back for this. <laughs> so it was kind of, it was kind of crazy. But yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't think, they, I don't think they're focused, obviously, what you just said. And they're not gelling in. The chemistry is not there. Because last year we saw the chemistry, we saw we saw what they can do when they can, you know, everybody buys in. I don't think everybody bought in this year. Bruce Aaron's and you know AB last year, and there's a lot of stuff going on. So yeah, get out focus. Definitely, and, and also with the the game tonight, Broncos Chargers. Do you have any early thoughts on that? Obviously, the Broncos they really struggled offensively, and 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 with what the Chargers are trying to do this season, kind of having kind of get getting into the postseason. What are your thoughts on these two teams and kind of like how this matchup could, could play out? I know you're going to say I'm crazy. I it, I still think Russell is going to break out of this, this slump. <laughs> Playing for an organization for X amount, I don't want him to go into that. I think, well, for this game, I think it's going to be a good game. I think this game is where Russell Wilson shows people that he's still Rush, that he still can lead that team, that he can still sprout some chemistry out of nowhere. I think he's such a great guy and a great quarterback that he can get out the slump. This is the first slump he's had in his entire career, and everybody's – I mean, how this is headlines, and, you know, Richard Sherman is talking about it, and <laughs> Beast Mode is talking about it, talking about if I can't, like, talk to you directly, I got to go through your manager, blah, blah, blah. But Man. I think he's going to break out of it. And when Pete, when he breaks out of it, I don't want to hear anybody say nothing. Nothing. I'm standing with Rush. Russ is the guy. I think he's still the guy, the quarterback that they needed to have. It's going to take some time, obviously. Oh, yeah, First season sure. with a new team yeah. that they were That's trash for the past yeah. three years. That's another thing Come you on, have to man. factor in. When you had a, a first season with a new team, it's not going to click immediately. No. Um, like we even saw it with what we, we just mentioned them with Tampa Bay, Brady's first year. They kind of started yes. the season off rough and, rough and then like 
after that seven and five start, they they close the season out very well. Get yes. one of the top seeds in the NFC. So it takes time, especially when yeah. when you're first 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 year in a new system. Especially when that team has not been good since you know <laughs> Pay Manning. Pay Manning retired after the Super Bowl. That's when they stopped being good. It's so. definitely been a minute. Um, and, and now getting into the college football with obviously the game everybody has been talking about, the Evan, Evan match of, of Alabama-Tennessee, and just some of the major takeaways from, from Tennessee's win. Uh, Chase McGrath made a 40-yard uh, field goal as time expired to give them the win. Hendon Hooker uh, drove the balls 45 yards in 30 seconds to set up the winner. Um, there were just great individual performances all around with Julian Hyatt catching six pass- passes for 207 yards and on the other side Bryce Young completing 35 passes for 455 yards and two touchdowns um what are your thoughts on this game I mean extremely high scoring um Alabama was down early two touchdowns they're able able to to come back even get the turnover to have the 49 to 42 lead but what are your thoughts on this the significance of this win for Tennessee and they they showed us we always said like they they had to prove it to us eventually and they were able to do it against a really good Alabama team yeah, and you know, once again, uh, <laughs> a kicker is uh, Alabama's downfall. <clears throat> you know, all the recruits they get, and they had a five-star yeah, kicker one time who was I'm missing saying. kicks, yeah, back to back. It's the craziest it's thing. It's the but, smallest thing. It's the smallest minute thing. <laughs> man, but what a game, bro! Oh, First and foremost, hat out, hats off to Hooker, man. Uh, you know, ever seventy two percent completion uh, ratio, uh, percentage, completion percentage, and then the guy is showing that he is pristine in the pocket. He's he can extend plays. He's accurate. He's smart. He he. I know he watches film really well. Oh, yeah. To be able to pick apart that that top rated defense uh, for uh, Alabama. But I said that it was going to be a difficult game for Tennessee if Bryce Young played. I still think it was a difficult it was. game it was. for the Tennessee He gave defense. them everything they can handle. Everything they can yeah. handle. Yeah. And he's coming off an injury. He's still not 100% healthy in my eyes, but he looked good. He looked like Bryce Young. He looked like a leader. It just came down to the moments. These are two great, you know, not I me, mean, not great. Good football teams this year. SCC. We knew it was going to be an incredible game. Tennessee has, you know, sprouted some some rejuvenation from somewhere to the mountains of I don't know. Like they got the founder of you somewhere, and we knew that was going to be a good game. But the the fact that is like, out of all the players, to fail you when it matters the most is your kicker. That's what I'm saying, man. A kicker. Like, the game, yeah. <laughs> you came back two down. Two, you down two touchdowns. That's what, it came back two touchdowns. That's all you got to do. You got to make the field goal. That's all you do. You kick. I know Feel kicking it. is hard. <laughs> the pressure's there. But Tennessee's kicker knocked it down. Yeah. Yo, what a game, though. Game oh, of the year. Game. Oh, yes. Game of, game of the year. It's one of those. It's, yeah. Tennessee, oh my, Tennessee's legit. It ain't SEC too. SEC, Kentucky looks good too. Jeez Louise, man. SEC's, all these teams that were not good like three, four years ago are really good this year. Mm, 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 mm. But now kind of getting into like the closing thoughts on this game. Like, like what are your thoughts on how Alabama could can, can kind of close out their season, what they need to do, and also with Tennessee – Georgia is at the top of the S as a, you know, is another top tier team they're going to have to face. And mm-hmm. how do you 
how do you see the likelihood of these two teams kind of like closing out their season? Yeah, Bama is still in good good spirits, in my opinion. You 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 come back from a two touchdown deficit. Uh, your kicker, only job, make the field goal. He missed. I think they were still in the. Obviously, it's going to be a high scoring game. These offenses are two dual threat quarterbacks. Wide receivers are crazy. So we already knew it was going to be a high scoring game. It comes down to who has the ball last. Alabama had the ball last. And then they missed the field goal, then gave Tennessee opportunity. So I think they feel good. I think, well, I'm going to get ahead of myself about the most interesting games. But I think Bama is going to close out. They're going to win the rest of the games, in my opinion, and have a shot, still have a shot for uh, SEC championship. I think that, yeah, I think they're still a good good standing right now. Yep, definitely. Um, and now kind of get, getting into LSU's tight win versus Florida, um, they were able able to win 45-35 to 35 as Jaden Daniels accounted for six touchdowns and, and finished with 349 yards passing. Um, and this game, like a, a lot, a lot, like a lot of the recent ones between these two teams, uh, came down to the final minutes. And, you know, this was just an important rebound for LSU after their 27-point loss to Tennessee. But, um, man, like... <laughs> President of the fan club, Savon Moore. What were your thoughts on this game and kind of how it closed out? That wasn't a rough in the passer, first oh, and not. foremost. That's the game there. That's the game. That is the game. That is the game, Wellington. Interception. We got momentum. We're going to score and tie it up. Okay, it's a ball game. Let's go. But when you when the those calls, that was just a weak call to me. And then obviously they have the opportunity to get the get the uh first down. I thought we we look good, but our secondary as it continues to be highlighted as trash. They are getting torched every game. I don't know where they went after the Utah game, mm. but they're not in Ben Hill Griffith Stadium. <laughs> and we made them look so good. Yeah, man. Because if you look at the first four games for LSU, that wide receiver core, which is highly recruited, though they're good, don't get me wrong. They look non-existent. But you know, every you know, you get better. This is not the same LSU team that Florida State played. Let's get let's come on, let's call spade to spade. Yeah. yeah. Completely different. No, no, hats off to LSU though, man. Um, but I think that that changed the game. It's always it's always that one stupid thing, obviously, with the throw on the shoe. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Last year, they just beat us. That was just fair and square. Yeah. And then this year, that flag kind of changed the, the outcome of the game. Um, so, now I think I still I think it still was a good game. I think um, both it was going to be like a Bama and Tennessee game. Both of us, both teams have pretty good offenses, wind consistent and flowing. And LSU had the rhythm. They had the rhythm all night. The running game was working. And then the, I mean, obviously you're going to have if the running games work. We got to stock the box. You're going to be man to man on the outside with a safety over top who can't get there. So it's going to be one on one. So the game plan was working. That's why I say if the running game is working. Your quarterback has opportunities to look really good or oh, yeah. look even better than what he yeah. is. So the it's running flourishes. game is working. Yeah. yeah. Running game is working for LSU. No, so you have to stack the box to try to, to stop that. And then you leave you leave it at cover three or, or cover zero, and now you're man on the outsides. So mm-hmm. good game plan. I mean, everything was working for LSU. 
Absolutely. Um, and, and now getting into Clemson's road win versus Florida State, um, they won this game 34-28, to and this is their uh, seventh straight win versus, versus them. And DJ Ugly uh, 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 threw for uh, 203 yards, three mm. touchdowns. Will Shipley had 20 mm. carries for 221 yards and six catches for 48 yards. Um, but what are your, your thoughts on this game? You know, Florida State, they, they cut it cut it down to six late in the game, but yeah. still weren't able to complete the comeback. And, 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 I, and, and I, I, I remember you even mentioning that this is a kind of interesting game because Florida State, they were dealing with two straight losses. This was a game mm-hmm. where they could have kind of made a statement, but came up short later mm-hmm. in the game and Clemson was still able to hold on. You know, it looked good for um, Florida State going in. Obviously, the first touchdown goes to right. Florida State. And then I think Dabo has finally settled DJ down in that role. And him, yeah, looks simpli- yeah he looks more comfortable. Uh-huh. And sip and fly, sip and fly. Oh, my God. This cold is killing him. Simplifying the game for him. The game plan, <laughs> what they're doing. They're, they're lot relying more on the running game to what – Make it easier for your quarterback. Get those one-on-one matchups on the outside, and that's what I think. That's what the game plan with Clemson done, and they succeeded. Obviously, they started slow, and then they we saw why Clemson is still Clemson. I think Dabo is finally settling DJ down in that role as a top quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and now, kind of getting into most interesting Week Eight game. Uh, one that stands out to me is UCLA Oregon. Uh, because yeah. UCLA is still undefeated. Like, like, like yeah. we keep talking about how they keep finding ways to win games. This, this matchup, a very important Pac-12 matchup, I think is gonna gonna have just a lot of implications yeah. for what can happen down the road for the Pac-12 uh, championship uh, uh, contenders. But to you, like, what are your early thoughts on the most interesting week eight game? I have to go Bama, Mississippi State, both coming off losses. Yeah. Kentucky, Mississippi State lost to Kentucky. Obviously, Bama lost to Tennessee. What what what's the game plan going to be? Um, what's the mentality going to be? Can both how the game is going to um, look like coming into the game? I know <laughs> Nick Saban made everything uncomfortable this week. Oh, everything. Yes. Oh yes. He's probably popping up in the classes. You better be learning in here. You better be learning. I bet he's making uncomfortable. You can't eat. Showing up to lunch. Sleep. Showing up to lunch. Yes. <laughs> what you eat? No. <laughs> But no, I think is I think that's the most most interesting game, most interesting game. Oh my gosh, I'm talking too fast, man. I'm trying to overcompensate for this raspy voice. Uh, <laughs> and then Syracuse Clemson. Um, I want to see if he uh, DJ continues to take lead of this team. And Syracuse is number fourteen since I don't know since I don't know since when the the orange. You know, orange, no, yeah. no only made for basketball, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I, I like what they're doing this year. The quarterback looks good. Going against a, another ACC um, opponent. Let's see. If, I just want to see if DJ continues to take control of the offense and Dabo really slows it down for him because mm. obviously the first the first couple of seasons, he has not lived up to expectations. So he looks good this year. Um, number five. So if they win, I think they're in a good, you know, good um, movement yeah. to make it to the top four. Oh yeah, for sure. Now, and another thing, have there been any like Heisman standouts to, to you to, to you so far this year? Obviously, Hendon Hooker with what he did with Tennessee, like he's going to be yeah. in that conversation. Yeah. Have there been any kind of other contenders that you say like, hey, these guys have had like the most impressive uh, year so far? It was Bryce. Mm-hmm. I thought Bryce was a sure end because you know Bryce is so consistent. Then he got hurt, um, but I like Hooker. No, I yeah. think Hooker has went up in the poll, especially throwing him, you know, five plus, you know, five plus touchdowns. Um, I think he looks looks in a good favor. If Bryce Jones can 
get back acclimated and get in the, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Bryce Jones is not going too far. But it's uh, right now, I think it's Bryce Jones and Hooker that's going neck to neck right now. And obviously, Bryce Jones has been out for the past two games. So yeah. that's that should tell you something. It definitely should. Um, He's a and, dog. Man, battle tested, battle tested, bro. That I, I was watch, watching the game. I was like, man, nothing rattles this guy. No, literally nothing rattles this guy. It, it, and you, you, you need quarterbacks like that. Like when, like I feel like coaches, they're like, if you can find a quarterback who's just cool, calm, and collected throughout the game, it's just it's a hidden treasure. Um, I think he's like Jalen and Tua combined. combined Jalen, yeah. Jalen didn't get rattled in my eyes either. He was, you know, soft spoken. He, you can see in his facial expression that he was still calm and collected. And then Tua just made big plays. Man, he had the accuracy with the Bama. He had the ability to, you know, look off defenders. I think he just Bryce Jones just combined with Jalen Hurts and Tua abilities. And this That's Alabama Tennessee game felt like <clears throat> the 2019 Alabama LSU game with Tua and Joe. Oh Burrow. yes. It oh, almost, it almost oh, gave me yes. a flashback to that. It oh, almost yes. gave me a flashback. I was mm-hmm. like. Whoever has the ball last is going to win. Like, it literally was one of those just, just all-timers. So, a, a, a mm-hmm. pheno- phenomenal game. Um, and, and now getting to, to the NBA NBA preview um, with opening night, Celtics-Philly. Um, obviously, like, this game with the, with the defending East East champs, them not having ha- having their coach for the year, and then Philly, you know, getting a revamped um, uh, a t- type of team with P.J. Tucker, Daniel House Jr., Harden, Harden takes a, 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 a decrease in his pay, and this team's kind of, like, more defensive-oriented. What are your thoughts on this matchup to start the season off? And just what are you looking for between these two teams who obviously are going to be top East contenders? Ooh, uh, this is going to be interesting. Um, I'm looking for the new six man for the Celtics, Malcolm Brogdon. Um, He he has a, yeah, big pickup. He hasn't lived to expectations in my eyes. He was, you know, highly recruited, highly drafted. And he hasn't lived up to the expectations. I'm looking for him coming off the bench and creating mismatches. Um, both both lineups look good, but I think obviously you know we we I get, you know lean towards the Celtics even with the you know the head coach situation and, <laughs> and yeah. bitter shame. But I think they're they're the better ball club, and I'm looking for Macabrona to be that extra piece because you know we all know uh, Jason Tatum is continuing to to rise to that ceiling, and Jalen Brown is is in that mix, and I hope for all those guys. So I'm looking. But the one I'm really, really, really looking at is Malcolm Brogdon. What can he bring to the table? How can he be a mismatch going on to the second team and um, trying to uh, help the team get better? Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and getting to, to, to Warriors, Lakers, um, defending champs, obviously, with Golden State. Um, yeah. it's, it's obviously going to be interesting to, to, to see the different dynamics after like the, the, the Draymond Jordan Poole situation. Also, Jordan Poole got a, a max extension for your 140 million. So, so, mm. so they've obviously made their decision on investing in him long-term and then with the Lakers and trying to get AD back healthy and Dennis Schroeder is going to be out for, for, for a bit of, of the season, uh, at least three to four weeks with an injury. And there are some concerns about can this team stay healthy? Like what are your thoughts on this matchup? And, and also just the Lakers trying to kind of get back into that playoff form against the defending champs. Right. You know, everybody's looking at the Lakers to be uh, back to the oil machine that it used to be. You know, like you said, 80s coming back off injuries. LeBron is coming back off injuries and trying to um, kind of revamp himself in the role. Um, and But you have guys like Patrick Beverly, who's going to be that vocal leader as well to take, you know, some of some of the. The, the 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 frustration off of LeBron James. I'm I'm interested how this this lineup is going to be if if Russ is going to come off the bench or is Patrick going to come off the bench. 
Um, but we got to look at the Warriors too. Two of their guys they lost last year who were pivotal to that uh, to their uh, to their squad is Otto Porter Jr. and Gary Payton uh, the second. One led the club in steals, and one led he was a second leader rebound. Otto Porter Jr. was so they're missing two pivotal pieces. Yeah, they kind of got guys that were similar, but I don't think it's going to be the same. You know, you, you get two max uh, contract extinctions with Andrew Wiggins and <laughs> to pool. I'm just thinking Draymond is just like, I should have punched him again. <laughs> because they didn't give, they gave Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole the max extension. Yep. I don't know what they're, they're sending a message. Do. They're sending a message, man. It's a, it, I don't it, know. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 I like it with the Lakers. I hope he goes to the Lakers. I I'm, think he would be good for the Lakers. I literally, when 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 the the footage came out, my one of my like <laughs> initial thoughts was, bro, it's leading up to it. It's leading up to it. Because he wants to play with LeBron. That's what I'm saying. He wants to play with LeBron now. And, and some people can say it's far fetched, but I I can see signs of it happening. Both with both with clutch sports. I mean, all three of clutch sports: AD, LeBron, yeah. and Draymond. Yes. You know, same yes. sports agency. So I think uh, there are parallels there, and to like kind of. For that defensive front line, Draymond can anchor that. And also, you have AD kind of being in a more comfortable position, not always having to be the big that's relied upon. So that, exactly. that could be very favorable uh, for that And team. now you have a, a more seasoned facilitator in yeah. Draymond who can who drops doms more than any big men I've seen in the past three, you know, no, six, seven years. Yeah, Draymond, yeah. that's what he brings to the table, Mize. Defense, he, he's a facilitator. He'll bring the ball up. He can run the offense. LeBron, he could get LeBron into space, or he could get Russ into space. So, I mean, I, I like the move. Will it happen? Probably not. They're, they're probably going to fix something out for Draymond because I think, well, like I said last week, now I remember, we definitely did one last week. That's <laughs> it. Then I said the Warriors organization is loyal, uh, yeah. and I think they're, they're going to figure out what to do with Draymond and probably keep him. So, but, yeah. you know, both teams are banged up, losing losing a couple guys, extending a couple guys, but right. I'm interested to see what LeBron James looked like this year. Mm. And, and, Hopefully and a, he's on top. And, and another thing with the Warriors, Steve Kerr recently said in, in a press conference about, you know, Jordan Poole played, you know, 17 minutes in the postseason. We want to put him up to 30. Like, do you feel as though it's one of those years for Jordan Poole that, and, and, and Steve Kerr also said that he has to get better to actually show that, you know, he deserves his contract. Like, do you think it's one of those, kind of prove it years for Jordan Poole to show like, hey, like he not he's not only a complimentary player, but is a player we can really rely on in the postseason. If you get a max deal for five years, I think it was like 140 or something 140. like that, you bet your bottom dollar he has to get better and fast. Yeah. Not this is not a waiting game. You have to you have to be you have to be on Clay's level. Oh yeah, for sure. You're not on. You can't be on Steph level just yet. You got to be on Clay level, and that's and I'm that sounds so bad because Clay's still a, such a great player, but he's coming off the injury. Let me let me be specific. You know, be specific in that. He's good. He could get to Clay's level now because the injury. Right. But if Clay never got hurt, then he would have to get to Steph and Clay's level. Mm. So let me let me clarify that. But yeah, he has to get better quick and fast in a hurry. Um, we're already. I think Andrew Wiggins has reached his ceiling, so he's good. He's just got to be consistent. But Jordan Poole with that max contract, that's sending the message. Okay, we believe in you, so you gotta you gotta pull up and shut up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and now transitioning to boxing with Devin Haney's win versus uh, George uh, mm-hmm. Cambosis Jr. and retaining his lightweight a uh, world title. 
Uh, Haney <laughs> was able to pick up in the rematch where he left off with via scores yeah. of 118 to 110, 119 to 109, and 118 to 110. Uh, Haney's job, just Haney's job, one of just boxing's best, was a major key to his victory. But he did, you know, fire more power shots, including a right hand uh, uh, lead, uh, lead that met its mark. Looking at this rematch, though, and just you know Haney now being 29 and 0, like how did you view this? And also, what should be next for him? Because there have been the the, the talks of him going up against Vasil uh, Lamachenko, um, and just different fights that could possibly be, be coming up for him. But but what are kind of like your overall takeaways from this fight, Brent? Haney looked good. I think going in, I think he had a great game plan. Just looking at the first fight, and you know how he won. Um, with the jabs and with the left hand in the first fight, and then this fight, I, I think he said he was he knew he was the um, guy was trying to jab more this this round. Right. So the the right hand was the winner in this fight. But no, Henny looked good, man. He looked he looked poised. The game plan going in was was foolproof, and obviously he just outboxed him. But that when he yeah yeah he, he got hurt. He got hurt too. Oh, I think yeah. Handy's yeah. Handy's game plan was better. Um and and it showed he's just Handy just outboxed him. Hands down. Definitely. Um, Cambosos. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cambosos. <laughs> Um, and, and, and another fight that's been mentioned, r- rumored to happen, it possibly maybe maybe pushed back Terrence Crawford and Errol mm. Spence Jr. Um, obviously, wait. there's some delays with that. Like, what are your initial thoughts on a fight like that? Which is like, I mean, there's it should be filled with fireworks in that fight. Like, j- mm-hmm. j- just so much, so many power shots in it. Like, what are your initial thoughts on it? And just kind of like who you would possibly give the early edge to whenever it happens. I'm just thinking about the IQ um, standpoint. Both are really smart boxers and they come with great game plans. But if I give it to anybody, it has to be Crawford. I think his IQ is higher and he knows, I think he knows how to uh, adapt quickly in the ring. If the game plan isn't working, obviously your, your coach is giving you pointers, but I think that internal clock in his head and that IQ of his, I think he adjusts faster than any of the boxer I've seen in the past three or four years. The other one is, is Davis. I think Javante Davis, his adjustability, because yeah, I don't want to, we're not talking about him, but he's really, his IQ is smart too. And he knows how to adjust and he knows how to set boxer up. And I think Crawford does that really well. Spence looks good, but I think if I gave it to the edge to anybody, Crawford. I'll give it to Crawford. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Fine. Definitely. Um, and, and after transitioning to our first album re- review with Little Babies, It's Only Me, um, in his new and third album, you know, he has stayed out <laughs> tracks like Never Finish that immediately kind of allow him to, to let loose on his flow, his bars, um, mm-hmm. coasting against the jittery keys of the beat. Um, on a song like like Pop Out, there's an abrupt beat switch to a menacing sound, both in production and even in Nardo Wicks, a strong feature. Um but what are your thoughts on this album? Um, and, and and also, like this is this is a project where you know, Baby has kind of been mentioned as like, what is he gonna do next? How is he gonna rank in kind of like the hierarchy of, of younger rappers? Um, what did you kind of feel about this project overall? I feel like it it had a, a, a lot of bangers with it. Obviously, the length is something that I pro- I think we, we probably both would say <laughs> was a little too much. Yeah, but it was a, I, I think it was much. a strong album album from him. Maybe not 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 as good as, as my turn, but or some kind of yeah. your initial initial thoughts on it. Exactly what you said. I think it was excuse me, I think it was a strong album, but my turn was it had so many different elements and it showed his versatility like like um like going I mean what is it? I'm so dumb. That song like it showed the versatility and the the way to be able to reach every 
part of your fan base. I think this one's more of a club bangers. Um, I don't think it had any, uh, um, you know, relatability to it. It was just, you know, bangers, just, you know, good. It was a good song. Don't get me wrong. The baby, the baby solidified, but it was just like, you know, it wasn't like my turn. I felt my turn more. That's my turn is where I really, that's like I start listening to Lil Baby and I kind of gave him credit for being a good artist. I'm like, okay, why did I, I remember putting this on Facebook, like I've been sleeping on Lil Baby and it was yeah. my, listening to my turn. I was like, yo, whoa, he got some tracks on here. Yeah. So yeah, not, nah, but this was, it was cool. It was cool. It was yeah. solid. Yeah, definitely. And, and and I mean like that's some, the, the, traje- the trajectory of certain artists that we see when they, when they come out with a certain project and then the following after it, it's almost, it's not that the project that they followed with was bad. It's just not the same feel. Like you could feel the last one. Yeah. Like, do you think that that, that's just something that's naturally what a younger artist has to face? Or is it one of those things where maybe for the next project, he can kind of look back at the comparison of this one and be like, Hey, maybe I need to go back to what I was originally doing before. I think they do that with every artist. If you look at Drake, they say Drake hasn't surpassed, um, uh, 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 take me, uh, uh, take care. Uh, take care. And I say that's Nothing blasphemy. Was Nothing was the same as better. <laughs> Nothing was I'm the sorry. same. It was definitely better. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I think he had other projects, but I do agree. Other project has not like had the same hit as, you know, take care and nothing was the same. I think that was his best two albums ever. Oh, yeah, Obviously, if you didn't listen too late, is definitely up there too. Mm. Um, but, yeah, views was nice too. So I do think he progressed, but it doesn't have that same hit as of those two albums. Mm. So I think it's every artist. Because if you look at J. Cole, I think J. Cole's best album, in my opinion, was obviously Forest Hill, Forest Hill Drive. Right, yeah. and, then every, and then every album after that was, you know, it was okay. I think it was dope. Or um, Born Sinner is my second one of J. Cole's. And his third one is uh, his first album. But, you know, I think each year he's progressed, obviously, but it doesn't hit as for his because we always go back to Forest Hill Drive. Oh, yeah. And I don't think you can skip any song on Forest Hill Drive. At all. Not even the one uh, he's shouting everybody out. Like the whole I song. I still listen to that. I still everybody. listen to that. I still listen to that, that, that whole whole song. And I'm like, why am I listening to just shouts, but I want to listen to it? <laughs> he was shouting out everybody. He probably uh, shouted out somebody from the bodega in New York. Like, he was just shouting out everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, and, and now getting into to Mavi's uh, Laughing So Hard at Hurts review. Um, this is the sophomore uh, full-length album from the Charlotte Up-and-Comer. It's filled with production that is a refinement of the abstract yet jazzy boom-bap uh, sounds that helped him kind of blow on the underground to begin with by incorporating more elements of neo-soul uh, this time around as, as his pin game really elevated. Um, but what did you th- think about this project and, and the different uh, uh, themes in it and just kind of like what he... W- I feel as though the production helped him in, in, in certain songs, especially because he was a, it was able to, to, to vibe with it. And in other ones, it seemed as though it kind of was like over overshadowing him or, 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 or kind of like taking the attention away from him. But what were kind of your, your thoughts on this project? I thought some of the songs he didn't, he didn't, he didn't go on. And like the, some of the production, he didn't go on. And then some of the, like he had no verb 
on his on his on his vocals. Mm-hmm. So it was just raw, not raw vocals. It was master vocals, but it had no verb to kind of go within the beat. So it's just like his vocals standing over um, the beat in, in a sense. And I, yeah, some of the songs he like really went on. And obviously, you know, I, I think his pen game is dope. But just like some of the songs production, he didn't go on. Like as an artist, I think that's that's something that you have to have the ear for. Like, I don't go on that. I don't go. That's my voice can't go to that. And I, as an artist, I know that firsthand. I'll try, but I'm like, yeah, it doesn't sound right with me on it. That's that belongs to somebody else. But yeah. you know, I think I will give him credit for his pen for sure. I it's will strong. give him credit for the pen. Yeah, it's strong. But just to put, yeah, because the first song, literally, Hi John, mm-hmm. he has no verb on his vocals, and it's just him. Yeah. Like this is the beat, and he's standing. On, on the beat, yeah, on the yeah, exactly. And it's like separate because when the verb, you can actually combine the two and make it gel. I think it would have been different if you had verb on it, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was a bad. Um, I think he, yeah, this is an album, concise. Yeah, concise album, sixteen songs. Um, but nah, yeah, I like the I like the creativity in like the boom pap and, and the neo soul. I don't think anybody's doing that really, but yeah, not a lot of people are doing that. Like, and that's the thing when I was listening to, it, I was like, this is a rare type of sound in today's yeah. today's culture. It really is because you don't hear a lot of albums like this. And 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 I think for that, I definitely will give them credit because kind of stepping yeah. out of of because so many times you hear albums that just sound the same. This one, mm-hmm. it's gonna sound if you listen to it, it's gonna sound completely different different from the norm in the radio play. It got to grow on you for yeah. sure. And maybe <clears throat> I had to listen to in my headphones or in the car because I just have it on my phone, just let it play on my phone. So maybe if I listen to it a different in the headphones or in yeah. the car, maybe they'll Where you listen to an album matters also. <laughs> it matters. If it's yeah. just on the phone, yeah, yeah I got to give it. I got to give another listen. I got to give it another listen. Yeah. Um, and, and now getting into Billy Woods, uh, a church album. This new album from him, produced entirely by uh, longtime Arm Armand Hammer collaborator uh, Messiah Music. Um, is kind of a, a tightly a wound exploration of memory and faith, the price of love and and the cost of, of doing business. Um, and, and, you know, he really is a generational lyricist, one of kind of one of the best rapper, rappers active today. Doesn't get talked about a lot. He kind of has a spoken word style, uh, um, straightforward, but kind of like yes. still totally commanding, man. Like this guy is really gifted, like like a, like a really, really gifted MC. And I, and I think the, 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 that spoken word style kind of, uh, it can catch people off guard, but 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 still works really well. Like, what were your takeaways from this album? I didn't take that from it. <laughs> no, I do think it was a spoken word type vibes, but it's only one artist. Um, I forgot his name, so I'm not going to mention him because he does like a spoken word type. But his voice, he makes the beats. It's not a boom pap. It's more poetry spoken poetry, word. So like, yeah. Like Dear Jasmine, that's one of his best songs. Is Dear Jasmine? I gotta look. Matter of fact, once we, once we go, oh, oh I mean, but with this one, I was like, I wasn't feeling like you could tell he's a lyricist. Oh, Londrill, if okay. you ever heard of him, he's he's really dope. He has that um, poetry, spoken word type, but it fits and it's it's engaging. Um, but this one was more of a spoken word boom pap was really caught me off guard. So it really caught me off guard because I was like, when he came on, I was like, okay, he gonna catch the beat eventually. <laughs> and then he never caught it. He was running after it. Yeah. He didn't catch it. And that, for me, my ear doesn't like sounds like that. So mm. 
obviously I'm pretty sure you thought this. I'm not taking away from the oh, album. Yeah, no, I think no, he's no, a no, great lyricist, yeah, yeah. but it's just like my it, ear it doesn't, doesn't it doesn't like work that. for some people's ears. I definitely get what you're saying. Yeah. Like G Herbo. I don't like him because he I'm raps under the beat. Yeah. Mm, I don't like how he raps. It's like a delay. Uh yeah. nah, brother. You can <laughs> rap on top that. of it and have production to to go, or you can rap right. in it, like in the midst of it or on top of it. But if you rap under it or like the behind it, like I can't get with that. I can't get with that. Because it's just like my brain trying to figure out why in the world is this huh? Yeah. Yeah. Why is this happening? <laughs> yeah. Like what? Like what? <laughs> Who in the studio was like, yeah, bro, I think we should mix and master that. <laughs> Man, it's, it's a lot of these artists, it's about kind of what sounds right to your ear. Like, yeah. especially like, like, like you said, with, with Mavi, being over the beat, like, like in terms of the technicality of it, like, do you think when an artist, how, how much of an artist kind of letting those songs go out, is, is it based on the producer being comfortable with it or the, 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 the team, like, like, who do you think kind of has the final say so and things like that in terms of like, hey, like we'll let this song go, even though it may sound like kind of off kilter front from what it should be. If you had an A&R, then obviously you got to go through the A&R team and then your label. But I think, let me turn my microphone. I think I'm spiking. Um, but when you, uh, as an artist, and I think for Mavi is different because he's doing something that nobody is doing. Mm-hmm. So I applaud him for that. Keep doing that because eventually that's going to pick up. Because before, and I, I, I'll give Jaru his flowers. Before anybody was doing music for women in a rap form, it was Jaru, yeah. but people wasn't picking up until Ja started doing it. And then we get Drake, and then we get um, Fabulous does a song with um, uh, Forgot a Name. I really like what you that that. that oh, that one. Okay. So then we get more and more music, and then we get Fifty Cent, who does, who's a hook genius, Master and does "Have a Baby by Me, Baby." Like we get like <laughs> Twenty One Questions vibes. So him doing this now and making a path or a path for it, yeah, keep doing champion it. That. So I think that. it's different for Mavi because he's doing something that nobody. But any other artist, obviously, you got to go through. You if you were the label, you got to go through your A and R team, and then the label team, and then I'm like, okay, I think it's good enough. You got a single in there, okay, let's put it out. Mm-hmm. But, Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and getting to our last review with Cherry Twenty Two's "The Other Side." Um, in the most recent signing uh, to the Weekend's EXO record label, her, her debut EP displays kind of you know how she has a soft but 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 strong voice. Um, and there's a kind of experimentation w- within the production with even the introduction of like strong drums and even sirens at one point. But but what are your thoughts on this EP? Um, this being her debut one, you're giving me a look. <laughs> you're kind of puzzled at something. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you ask what you're about to ask. That makes sense now. Yeah. I didn't so know she was signed with XO. Yeah. Her sound is amazing. Yeah, I, don't, I don't like The weekend, but, but her sound. like her. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, soon the other side came on, I was like, okay, I love her voice. Yeah. I love the vibe. But I was looking for the up-tempo song. She didn't give me, I no mean, um, us and Alone were close, and then Wasteland was, like, in the middle. But I want her to give me an up-tempo song like Summer Walker does, yeah. SZA does. But this EP was fire. This EP yes, was fire. Really enjoyed Her this. vibe was nice. But I want her to get, because her voice I feel like can do great up-tempo songs, mm-hmm. but I obviously, yes, yeah, she got a great voice and a great sound and 
her production is crazy. So it yeah. makes sense that she would exhale. That makes sense. That's why I was like, you gave me the look, went, and I was like, something stood out to. <laughs> she went XO. I didn't even know that. Yeah, definitely. Wait. Yo, wait. It does say XO Records at the bottom. <sighs> Shit out of V8, right? That's what I'm here for. It's what I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Shit out of V8, man. Oh man. Uh, but you mentioned you mentioned SZA, and there's heavy SZA recently said her, the the song that we we talk about so many times, shirt. It's about to be released. The music video is done. What are, what are your man like? What's your reaction going to be when that song finally gets gets put it, out? Bro. Me either. Me either. She's playing with us. It. She's playing with us. Her label's playing with us. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's really what it releases, is. If she releases that, bro, she's gonna break the she's internet. Break it. We have been waiting for her. She gave us little extra songs of the albums. Control. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But we've been waiting for new, new music. Yeah. She drops that. She's going to break the internet, bro. Man. She's going to break the internet. I can't. I'm going to have that song on repeat. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I know. That's going to be your most exciting review. <laughs> no, for real, bro. Because I used to be on TikTok just playing It's that a single st- song. It is a single song. Holy. It's a. It's an album. That song is an album. She can loop that for a seven songs straight and I'll listen to it. Album. Whenever I hear SZA updates, I got to bring them to you, man, because I know we're, we're both. Yeah, we're, we're, we're both waiting for it. Definitely waiting she for it. She dropped that. that. She's going to kill the internet, man. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, she's going to kill the internet. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with our Peyton Full Review. Welcome back to the show, and now we're getting into our Paid in Full review. And to start the overview, Paid in Full is a 2002 crime drama film directed by Charles Stone III, with the characters Ace, played by Wood, Wood Harris, and Mitch McKay Pfeiffer, and Rico, played by Cameron, are fictionally based on the 1980s Harlem drug dealers, um, AZ, AZ, Faison, Rich Porter, and, and Alpo Martinez. The title of the film is borrowed from the 1987 album and song by Eric B. and, and Rakim. It brought in $3.1 million to the box office and had a 53% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but what are your thoughts, initial thoughts on, you know, this film, you know, it, it, it kind of treading a very well-worn story and all of the, the, the different actors it, it, it had in it? You know, I never knew this was a true story. Well, based off true event um, until I got a little older, but just watching this film, um, <laughs> watching this movie, it was a bit of uh, not a culture shock, but I mean, maybe it was just the norm. It was it was a different um, depiction of New York, uh, you know, drug ring and all that good stuff. But it had that different element in it, when especially when it comes to Ace. Um, yes. If I ever went into that line of business, uh, <laughs> I'll definitely adhere to what Ace did to anybody else. But no, man, I thought it was it was dope. It had a great moments. It had um, that that bond and friendship. It had that you don't, you know, keep people that close to you because anybody could change on you. Um, but I thought it was really a dope film. And it's definitely a staple. Um, is you know, definitely one of the black Negro spirituals. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it's, it's definitely one of those, bro. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the bond and friendship was one of the strongest things. And then, you know, kind of people turning on you. Was that one of kind of like the 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 moral equivalents or or kind of or kind of like the, the the key points of the moral story they were trying to tell is that even bonds and friendship um in a tight-knit circle can eventually change and somebody 
in your circle ends up turning on you. Oh, yeah, that and um, there's only two ways out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're going to die or you're going to go to jail. Ace was able to, you know, get out another way. But, I mean, that's to either die or you go going to yeah. jail. Like, that's, that's it. it. That's that's it. And, you know, one it's almost jail, like the mob movie. It's, it's almost it's like, like how the mob movies are, bro, like literally. It's literally like that. But I do think, you know, you can't, like, truly trust anybody, especially when even right. if they, you know, killed somebody for you or did anything, like, you know, you always can't, you know, put by anything from a person because, you know, people could change like that because we're ever so changing people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man. Only two ways, one eight. What was the... <laughs> well, it's... <laughs> Bro... This is why I hate being sick because I don't know what I'm I talking about at this point. <laughs> we can cut that out. We, we cut gotta, that out. Yeah, guys. we gotta put yeah. like a, a blooper take. Woo! We gotta put like a blooper take <laughs> reel of of all our blooper. <laughs> it's mostly gonna be me. You're the one that's more uh, pristine, man. No, no. I'm over here blunders. <laughs> I'm a blooper reel, walking blooper reel. Okay. All right. I'm back in. We're back. We're back. <laughs> We're locked in. <laughs> Um, but but get get into to the first topic from one to four stars. What, what would you give it? Um, what would kind of be your particular rating for it, and some and some like your reasons for it? I'll have to give it a four, and mm-hmm. it might be crazy. I like how it was shot. I like the foreshadowing. I love the going back and forth. Um, I love the storyline, the elements, um, the different elements, the uh, unscripted things that happen in the movie. Yeah. I thought it had so many uh <laughs> so many people like Nori Nori was in Nori, there. Nori, yeah, Nori that cracked me up when I rewatched it and saw Nori play. <laughs> <laughs> Nori was in the hairline. <laughs> no, for real, bro. Still had the little thin mustache. <laughs> um Makai Pfeiffer. I'm a big Makai, you know, yes. Makai Pfeiffer fan, man. And then I'm a you know I, I love Wood Harris as an actor. Yeah, Wood is one of our favorites. Yeah, he brought Ace out. So I think they had a, a great cast. First and foremost, the storyline was good. I think it was it was um, depicted well. I thought it was shot well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to be in the, to be in that time frame, you know, to oh, be in that time. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I thought yeah, I gotta give it four stars, man. because yeah. it's watchable, it, it checks it's boxes. Yeah, it, check, check, it checks it checks all those. I, I'll give four four as well. I mean, it had a gritty realistic quality that is just excellent and, and, it, and it's and it's world building it's well acted and just the realism of it also had kind of a, a feel of the wire yeah we, no, we mentioned yeah. the wire it kind of had, had a strong feel of the, of the wire and, and ironically uh, uh uh you know wood harris, harris is, is in that as well but, but it really kind of gave me um some feels of feels of that early on um getting to favorite character now i would go with ace as you know him being the protagonist he goes from being you know kind of stuck at a dead end job to ending up taking his position on the streets, but kind of sees the pitfalls and eventual demise before anybody else does. And I, and I think he really kind of played it smart and obviously was a, a, able able to, to, to escape at the end. Like, to you, who was your overall favorite character? Gotta be Mitch. Has to be Mitch, man. Um, <laughs> man, Mitch was one of those, one of those characters and one of the, the guys that loved the game, even if it was a dope game. He just yeah. loved that. He knew he was good at something. He made sure he was the best, so yeah. I, I love the aspect. And then he cared about his little, you know. I, to this day, I don't think I don't know if that was his little brother. I think it was his little brother. Got to be right. Am I? Am I right? Or was I, that? It, it wasn't his son. Mm-mm. I think it was his little brother. 
yeah. think it was a little brother. So just the love yeah. that he showed to his little brother. And then like he made sure everybody was good, even his uncle on certain yeah. occasions. So I just thought he showed love and the, the game showed him love. But I mean, obviously, you know, he got turned on um, at the end. But man, Mitch, man, a lot of game like Mitch. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and now getting into most memorable scenes, I had um, Make the Shot, also Ace meets Rico. Uh, Mitch comes home from jail, the come up, um, Ace Boogie's first sale. I love to hustle and and Mitch's death. Um, to, to you overall, I mean, like, the, I love to hustle's uh, speech. That that scene yeah. always gets me because it literally yeah. was the explanation of the entire film, what Mitch's motivation was. Like, like, like to you, kind of like what were some of your, or, or maybe one of your um, memorable scenes in this movie? Obviously, the scene when he was talking to Ace when um, Sonny got um, kidnapped. He was like, anybody ever did something to me? Like, yeah. That scene, looks, bro. Looks at me the wrong way. Yeah. Yes, bro. That scene was dope. Um, the scene with him, um, uh, Ace and um, Keisha, we was like, uh, if I'm born, what you doing with me? Or whatever. And I don't care about nothing. That, that scene was really dope. Solidify. I don't care what you, you know, what you doing, money or whatever. I'm with you because of you, not because yeah. of what you're doing. So I thought that was a dope scene. Um, there's one... Them, all three of them in the Westcom eating Chinese food and betting on shooting that's and stuff hilarious. in it. That's that's what me and my well not betting wise, but that's what my friends we would make anything yeah. a anything a competition. Competition, yeah. Yeah. So um those were out of the ones that you are you said the good ones and those three were some standouts too. Yeah, definitely. Um and, and now getting into most memorable quotes I had. See the thing about the game is uh, don't stop. You could be hurt and it doesn't matter from Ace. Um also, but it's all fake. Understand what I'm saying. Uh, this game there ain't no love in it it, it doesn't love you back um no mm -hmm. doubt life is good in harlem from mitch and then finally you know i just need to be around some love that's all um yeah. from mitch like to, to you like what were the the memorable quotes in this movie i mean you know obviously mitch mitch saying i just need to be around, be around some love i think that showed mm -hmm. kind of how much it was weighing on him what was happening the pitfalls of it even though he never kind of like fully realized it before it was too late um what were, what were kind of like some of your main quotes memorable quotes in this one uh obviously uh <laughs> Rico's, you know, people die every day, B. <clears throat> that really summed up his character. Yes. That he didn't care if everybody, people die every day, B. And then obviously I got shot in the head, baby. I'm done. I'm out of the game. That was, mm. get out while you still can. I got shot in the head. I should not be here. So that's a sign, obviously a sign to get hit. Get out, <laughs> get out. Get out. <laughs> and then obviously, you know, um, Mitch is, um, you know, I love the game. If, you know, people loving it, I can sell it. That's my my gift in life. Mm -hmm. So that was, a, that was a good quote that just, I think every character had a pivotal moment of clarity. Obviously, Ace, when Ace got shot in the head, he wanted to get out. Obviously, Rico's mindset, people die every day die every day and then Mitch is just yeah. like man I love the game and at the end of the game got you killed mm -hmm. so you love something that got you killed tragic yeah tragic yeah tale. yeah no yeah, pretty much definitely uh, and, and you were mentioned earlier about um Mikai Pfeiffer and, and the career he's had like like what are your thoughts on you know he he's obviously been in movies like uh, uh Soul Food Clockers also Eight Mile um he's been in so many different different types of movies um obviously like 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 this one is it's just a, a classic uh, yeah. for the black community. One one that we all go back to. Like, what are your thoughts on his career, the different movies he's been in, and just like, you know, what his what he's been mainly known for in the movies uh, he's represented. 
I think he's 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 uh solidified because you're forgetting about O, which yeah. was a great yeah, yeah. that's movie. that's one I left out, yeah. Um there's there's one more that I can't remember. Oh, because he has like you know here beats and pieces, but those ones are obviously his uh his main ones, and then his character in Shaft was you know pivotal, obviously because yeah they kind of started in the movie, but obviously you know Eight Mile, Painful, Honey, mm-hmm. O, yeah, honey. um were his uh biggest uh blockbusters, but I think his career is solidified. I think he showed some type of versatility um in his in in, in his uh his movie career. I think when you when we think of Makai Five, you think of him with the fake treads on, and then you think of Kanye West getting him wrong. Bro. Like Makai Five, that was all my ups. It's been <laughs> an interesting last up. few days of, of hearing about Kanye. So I mean it's funny that you bring up Kanye because man, anything he says is it's uh, But you know, it took me about six months to realize he got the person wrong because the song oh, was so man. fire. That was literally Oh My Ups. In Too Deep, like Makai Fife and Ron, but that was not the same person. It was not. It was Omar Epps <laughs> oh, my and LL Cool J. But nah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, I think Makai Fife is solidified. Yeah, definitely. Um, And now getting into what did you like the most about the storyline? I mean, this, this shows the pitfalls and, and demise of what they were involved in. Um, how it, you can be extremely, extremely at the mountaintop um, for a while, but it's not going to last. It's one of those things that that, that eventually plays out, and, and the people that you kind of care about the most will even turn on you. It, it had all of those gripping details and just yeah. life life truths. Um, but so you kind of like what particular element of this storyline did you like the most? In every movie, um, every is you know mob movie. Uh, it could be NBA. You know, they always, the one who's the loudest in the room is the one who's going to get caught. And I just love the fact that Ace adhered to those rules. Ace wasn't a flashy guy at all. He said he did the he same thing. He got clowned yeah. for it. He got clowned for it. So his, his mindset was different because a lot of people would have got shot in the head and just it boosted their head like, yo, I'm alive. I got shot in my head. Like, I'm going back to the game. I just love the fact that he was conscious enough, like, yo, I got to get out. That that really, I got a kid. I got kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I love the fact that they put the element of being aware. Obviously, you know what you can get from this, the pros and cons, but you chose, he chose life. I love that element because if you put Mitch in that situation, I think Mitch would have did the same thing Rico would have done. They would have stayed in the game because obviously we know Mitch loved the game. If Mitch right. would have survived and killed Rico or, the, you know, the real person, then I think he would have still been in the game. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he got it. But I just like that element of it. Obviously, you you know, you have the the flashiness. You have the uh, the music. You have the parties and stuff. Like, yeah, it's, it's an engaging and relatable movie. But I love that element the most. Yeah, definitely. Um, and getting to our last topic, you know, 10, ten years from now is still going to be a watch point and, and intriguing. It, it's, it's past that, the, 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 yeah. that, that test clearly. Um, and looking at this film, like, what do you think will continue to make it just, you know, we, we've talked about so many different things that, that we find is realistic in it, but what do you think will continue to make it one of those movies that's just extremely watchable and intriguing another decade from now? Cause it's a staple. Everybody yeah. knows. I know a lot of people hasn't, haven't watched paid in full, but they know about paid. Oh yeah. Full. That you know, even, seen if, a clip. 
Yeah. Yeah. Even if you don't watch it, you know about it. <clears throat> so yeah. I think that's standard test of time until, you know, this, this world is, is swept away and the new world mm-hmm. comes new heaven. But yeah, this, this movie will be known about, heard about, watched until the, the, the to the end of time. Yeah. And it, it's like that because it's like, it's been staple as a black, <laughs> as a black oh, yeah, for sure. have to see. So it's in yeah. that mix. So once that movie, like it's in the mix of like life, um, Harlem nights, um, mm-hmm. bad boys, like movies like that, that's in the rotation. Yeah. It's always going to be watched. Definitely. Um, and, and, and last thing we have to mention, Wood Harris, one of our favorites, like what, are, what continues to it? What has kind of always impressed you about what he's been able to do in, in different, we, we recently talked about him in above the rim lap, uh, uh, last, uh, last month. He's mm-hmm. been in so many different types of, of, of films where you can just kind of see the way he carries even shows like the wire. Um, and he just has a presence about him. To me, it's the presence. Like he always has a yes. presence and in, in, in mm-hmm. his in the movies and shows that he's in. And you you respect what he's saying. But what about his his career and how he acts stands out to you? You know, I think the ability to make the similar characters be different. Cause you he we've seen him in movies like Above the Rim, like um like The Wire, similar characters, bad boys, but they have different elements to it. Obviously, one was basketball. Other yeah. one was the dope game. But it's other villain. Um, even in, uh, <laughs> even in what's the movie with uh, Morris Chestnut, where he was like the, he was, he's the baseball coach and his wife was just uh, with um, Taraji P. Henson oh, on the court. Yeah, I can't remember. But even that character was similar mm. to Above the Rim, but he made, he brought it out differently. It's with not, not the, the easily presence. Broken. Not easily yeah, broken. Not, yes, 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 yes. So it's like his ability to make similar characters different. Yeah. To make them, it's how they say words, how they pronounce words, how the movement, um, the looks. Like, there's similar written characters, but you can make them different with your acting ability. Wood Harris has that. Oh, yeah, Definitely. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Wendell Burns. Let my counterpart say about Morris. This is Ben Full Scope.